I almost think I'm busted for women confirmed for men. <laughs> but no, I, I want men to have a – I want them to have that emotional connection with somebody else so that they Oh, for don't. sure. Ellie, there are many things I want. What <laughs> <laughs> does it make it real? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, hello again today. Hello. I know. We've spoken already, but I think we reserved reserved some juice for uh, this pod. Um, We did. My empty bookcases. I'm moving. By the time time people hear this, I will have moved. So exciting. Yes. I never want to move again. (laughs) Every time. Fucking sucks. Um... Anyway, I'm like very exhausted. Um, I took a 20 minute nap, which is very unlike me. Also, why I'm like a little horse. So yeah, I'm not great at naps, at short naps. You what? I'm not good at short naps. I like can't do them. I weirdly like this. This worked. I honestly, I might take another lie down after we're done, and then oh, wow, because I need to do some work tonight, and I just like I'm not. I can't yeah. right now. Anyway, so. I had my matchmaker date on Thursday, and I have yes. another one this upcoming Thursday. Oh, I didn't realize that you had two actually scheduled. Yeah, I it happened it happened recently. Oh, okay. um, I think on Friday actually. Yeah, and I don't know anything about that one. I only get their bios the night before. Oh wow, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I I'm excited for the verbatim bio of the new yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely assess. Anyway, okay, so I went out with this man on Thursday. I don't think I I don't think I'll see him again because mm. because I don't want to waste his time although he has not pursued me either so he's he can he has his own decisions as well. Right. I need to fill out the feedback form. I've been like too swamped to take the time. It the the, the too long didn't read of it is I get the vision. I very much see personality-wise why they picked him. Uh-huh. Um, super solid guy, 37, we called it like a little bit older. Yep. Um, has an incredibly niche business. Oh. Where like those businesses are always like the way to randomly make money. Like, do you remember in Romeo Sh- Michelle's high school reunion where they the post-its. The post-it, right. Yeah. And then the actual person who like invented the thing that makes it sticky is there or whatever yeah. or knows the person who did, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it's like that. And uh, I mean, honestly, I could say what it is and you'd have no way to find him. I, th- I feel fine about this. So he works with his brother and they have a company that makes flame-retardant clothing. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Which they like – there's a must be a thriving market for that. Yes, they sell to all the kitchens in Disney. Yeah, and so like, g- great, good work. Um, so like, okay, random. Um, but yeah, like, it's thirty seven. So nice. Clearly looking for a relationship. Very family oriented. His brother with his brother's married with two kids. They live in LA mm-hmm. also. Um. We talked – he has a couple – like, he definitely has, like, a narrower friend group. He has, like, a couple good guy friends, but, like, that's totally fine. Yeah. We – um 
he did, as, as I said in the bio, he went to law school and then worked as an attorney for a couple of years. And so was like very interested in what I was doing. Yeah. It was very funny when I, um, I said I like worked in big law and uh-huh. I, I didn't say where though. And so we're talking a little bit and um, he's like, oh, do you like it? Like, I know that that can be difficult. And I was like, no, I actually really do. Da, da, da. And he goes, oh, well, that's great. Cause like, I've certainly had friends. Like I had a couple at X, like they were miserable. I'm like, yeah, I work at that one. <laughs> ah. And what's funny is that um, the one he was actually describing who he's, uh, he's very close with like her and her husband, they moved to the DC office, but um, she actually still like works for, like she clearly overcame whatever negative experience. Oh, funny. Or maybe is still miserable. I guess like many years down the road, she transitioned to, she now works in like the professional development. She's like not a practicing lawyer. Ah, uh, anyway. okay. Um, and so he had like a lot of questions about like the types of things I worked on and like, why I liked it, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. We did talk about, like, I'm trying to think of some of the things from the bio. We, like, talk. we did talk about travel, although he did not mention Greece or London. Oh, because we were talking about how I, like, don't, we were talking about, like, vacation and, like, what is a fun, re- like, what is restorative? Is it, like, laying yeah. on the beach? Is it, explo- whatever. And so, like, a great time. We spent probably, like, an hour and 40 minutes and, like, really easy, good conversation the idea of kissing him makes me want to die. Oh, okay. Not going to happen. And so that's the piece we need to work on. And I can't put my finger on it. He's not like ugly. I I was going to say like would you if you would do you think if you'd seen a picture of him that you would have thought like, "Oh yeah, he's cute." No. Oh, okay. So do you think do you think that like in terms of the feedback that you give them then like, do you think that you need to get more specific about, like, what you find attractive? So what's strange is, like, they ask for, like, celebrity doppel – like, celebrity yeah. crushes or whatever. Yeah. And also they ask for pictures of your exes. And oh, so they Like, looks-wise, they went fully off book. Got which is it. fine. Which is fine. But not fine because you don't want to see him again. Sure. Fair enough. But, like, I, I – I am very – sympathetic to the first person being sort of like pure experiment which is unfortunate like you know we only have limited matches but like yeah I and like I said I get the vision but no got it yeah I actually would like obviously I'm not a matchmaker to know what I'm talking about but like I think if I were doing it I feel like I would want the first person like I would want to go like right up the middle with the first person interesting because I think, like, that's before – like, you get to know your matchmaker more and more, right? Like, or your matchmakers, yeah. in your case, like, as you as you move forward, right? Like, yeah. my matchmaker is much better at knowing what I'm going to like now than she was when we first started working together, obviously. Yeah. So I feel like if I were doing it, I would want to stick, like, very much within the parameters of what the person said at first. Yeah. Until I could be like, okay, now we're going to push you a little bit because I think I know this and this and – yeah, no, that's, that's a very good point. Okay, but like it sounds like there's also like things that you can give them feedback on from personality perspective. 100%. Where you're like, yes, yes, like I liked these things. Yes, 100%. And so I'm eager to see what second guy is. Yeah. Yeah. The, it'll be interesting to see kind of like the starting lineup, if you will. To Remind me how many matches you get? I get 10 over a year. Oh, got it. Oh, right. It's a year. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm excited for second guy as well. And it, I think it's interesting that like they did both before any feedback. Like they're like, okay, we're going to throw these two at you. Yes. And then see. Yeah, I think so too. I, I would be – my guess is that guy two is very different from guy one. I I think that's a great guess. I'm very curious to find out if that's if that's true. But I feel like that would make sense for them to give you like two very different people and then get feedback on both of them. And then yeah. that gives them like so much information. This, this is interesting. Um, one of the ways that they source matches for me um, or their clients in general, not just me. You're so is, special. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super special. They like started this new policy. Um, they reach out to – other matchmaking companies for their pool of paying clients. Oh, interesting. So not their pool of like people to be set up with, but like uh-huh. their their pool of clients. Uh-huh. And they match like clients with clients. What is the impetus for the other company to give them access to their clients? I'm not sure, but it seems – I mean, it's in theory, it's mutually beneficial in that each client would get a match. True. And the other company doesn't have to source that match. Right. Yeah. True. And so this second date is a guy who uses a different matchmaker. Oh, okay. Which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So you know that he's like serious about – serious yeah. in his intent. So that's what I – yeah, so that's all I know so far. Okay. Well, I'm excited for his bio and then obviously for your date. That's on Tuesday? Thursday again. Oh, Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday I'm going to the Backstreet Boys. Oh, that's right. Very I'm exciting. so excited. Very excited. It's so funny. I so it's um in for people who don't know this, in in Big Law, you are a summer associate after your second year of law school at yeah. like a firm. Like and, an intern in law term in law terms. Or no, a summer associate in law terms, an intern. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, in in non law terms, like yeah. the way that the way that you would like do that in between your like two. Yeah, yes. And the idea is you like get to know this firm, and then yeah. it's kind of a mutual selection process where yeah. it's like a long. Interview. Ideally, the the firm gives you an offer for once you graduate. After anyway, yeah. So the the summer associate gig is like super fucking fun. Like obviously you do work, but they take you, they wine and dine you, they take you to these awesome events, whatever. Yeah. I did not have that because I had my summer in 2020. Mm, right. So we were fully remote, just it was just work. There work. was no there were no activities. And so yeah. I think that they've they they always involve turn like associates and partners in the goings on and goings out of the summer associate program. But I do think if I had to guess, I think they're showing a little bit of a preference to class of 2020 uh-huh. because our shit storm. And so the Backstreet Boys is like one of those outings. And then the other one that I got just invi- um, invited on, but is right after July, on July 9th, we're doing like this all day trip to this private Catalina Beach Club. I'm like so excited. Oh, fun. Yeah. So I'm like, they, me and this girl, Courtney, who's like a couple years above me, we are getting tapped for like all the really big ones. And so I like, I t- chatted her and I was like, Courtney, like, are we just like really good? <laughs> like, do they <laughs> really like us? We're That's getting awesome. like all the fucking good ones. Anyway, so I'm very excited to like partake. 
That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I keep looking up because Logan went outside, which like I've been letting them do a little bit more recently, but just now he walked onto my neighbor's terrace. Oh, very bold. Yeah, I think it's fine. She likes Casual cats. Trespass. Yeah, I think she, I think it's fine. But there's like a a space in between, like the the barrier that divides our two terraces. There's a little bit of a space that the cats can walk through, and he's just over there. So whatever, I'll go get him later. Nice. But I'm just like, sir, you're not. That's trespassing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not our home. Um. Anyway, well, that's very fun. Yeah. So you know. Can, maybe I'll meet a man at work. Not a summer associate. That's not allowed. Not, <laughs> not like a summer associate. Somebody who's age age and level appropriate. Yes. Anyway. Uh, because the summer associates are like going to be like markedly younger than you. I mean, speaking. certainly. Unless they're yeah. like me and came back right. to school late. But right, still, right. it's very against the rules and I would not do well, that ever. Sure, yeah. yeah. Besi- but even even that aside, even just yes. the – Even oh, somebody who's was- a summer – Wait, thank you. That was like sort of the point of telling the story of what a fucking summer associate is – no one knows the Backstreet. No one knows the Backstreet Boys. Oh my god! Yes, and so I was. I took some of uh, me and a couple other associates took some out to lunch, and we got the email while we were sitting with them that we were invited. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so pumped!" Da da da. And they go, "What do they sing?" No. Yeah. That can't. That's yeah, crazy. Holly. Yeah. That's crazy because I hear those songs still out in the world. Oh, 100%. I was like, you will know. Just trust me. Yes. It will your memory will jog. But th- literally one of them goes, "Who does the bye 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 one?" I was like, "Not no. boys." No. Yeah. Oh my god. So these are the youths that we're dealing with. There was a moment when I was coaching volleyball. This was like 5 or 6 years ago, and I was coaching 16-year-olds, I think, and we were ta- they were doing like dances and stuff. This is before TikTok, right? But they, it might, might have been Vine or something. I don't know. They were like – one of them was like really into dancing. Mm-hmm. And my co-coach was actually Cindy was like, oh, some- we went to a Justin Timberlake Jay-Z concert like Justin Timberlake, blah, 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 blah. And they said uh, – what was that movie that – oh, yeah. Justin – they said, oh, he's the guy from the Trolls movie. Oh, no. We were like, I can't, I I almost didn't see them is, for the like, rest of practice. This is like how it works, right? Like our like our parents, I'm sure, shake their fist at the way we we reference certain people, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy, totally, totally. Anyway, but I how was, was like the WNBA. Um, it was so fun. So today, so the the pod listeners don't know this, but I went on a second date with the journalist today. And so it was really fun. So he invited me to a WNBA game. Um, he is a very big sports fan in general. Okay. But he like knew things about the WNBA and about players. Whoa. Yeah. It was like very fun to be at this game with him. So it was a New York Liberty game. They play at Barclays. So it was at Barclays, which was super fun. And he like knew players. He knew like history of the teams damn good for him yeah but it was very cool he was like oh yeah like number 21 she was like their leading scorer last year she's hurt now like she's over there like he had all this information (laughs) yeah well like there was it was just like kind of funny it it was a very different dynamic than an nba game for like a multitude of reasons one i mean the crowd size obviously yeah but then two like it was just like a little bit more like convivial i would say like there were so many babies, dozens of babies, uh, so many kids, 
like families because it's you know it's a it's pretty affordable unfortunately the WNBA yes. is really affordable but it's like a very affordable like family outing right so like Great point that's it nice was, it was really nice and there were there were very clearly people that went all the time and knew like the different chants and the cheers and the dances there was a um so the they're the Lady Liberty or the um, New York Liberty rather mm-hmm. and so there are a couple dance troops that performed throughout the game and one of them were called the Timeless Torches and they were seniors. Shut up. I love an old dancing. I took a, a a video for my like date recap, which I like oh God. fully he fully knew that I was like taking these videos. I was like, gotta get, gotta get the content. Um, but I was like videoing them because they were incredible. Yeah, did you explain to him be real too? Um, I didn't. That was actually when we were leaving the stadium and he was like in front of me and I just like mm-hmm. took it and um he's actually probably in it. Oh <gasps> he's probably behind me in it. Ooh, I'll have to take a look. But he's he's like he would be walking away from me because he was like walking up the stairs and I just quickly turned around. We were leaving and yeah. I just quickly turned around to take a picture of the court. Okay, with me in it. So he actually probably is walking away from me behind me. Damn. Okay, I'm gonna look closer. Yeah, go back and peep be real. Um. So yeah, so that was super fun. So we were at the game. We like developed all of these like inside jokes during the game. It was incredible. People watching. Like, so I mentioned there were a bunch of babies. There was a family two rows in front of us. Where the mom was barefoot. What? Yeah. Like no she shoes. wore shoes there and removed them? Or we don't know. No. That was a ba- that was a big question that we never answered. There are some people, like there are some TikTok people who call them foot prisons and are shoeless people. She might have been a shoeless person. I didn't know that was allowed in a stadium. Apparently. But she was barefoot. So there were just like a bunch of like different things that were happening around Who's us that were very I agreed. Um, but there were just like a bunch of funny things that were happening in the vicinity around us, people watching wise. And so we like developed all these like inside jokes that kind of carried through the day. Yeah. Um, so we were at the game for a couple hours, had a beer, and then we walked into Fort Greene and had um, a couple drinks and like a cheese board there. What a lovely day. Yeah. It was lovely and it was beautiful out. So we sat like outside on a sidewalk um, at a restaurant that I like in Fort Greene. That's like blissful. And so jealous. Yeah. yeah. And then I walked home. It was like an hour walk home. It was beautiful. Amazing. So that was great. Um, I definitely want to see him again. It's like the, I think it, there's actually like a little bit of like a um, slow burn happening a little bit. Like nice. I definitely – not that I didn't like him on our first date, but I definitely like liked him more on this date. Cute. Wait, Which, I'm like, excited. I think like – that's the goal, right? You want to like someone like more and more every time you hang out with them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's so that was really fun. Saying where it's like, I love you as much as I did on our wedding day. I want to be like, bitch, love me more. But yeah, <laughs> it's been years. <laughs> Develop that love. Come Hello. On. Yeah, I've known you for a really long time at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was really fun. And then, so now he's going home. Um. To the place that he is from. Oh, I already said he's from Ohio. He's going home to Ohio. Um, for the next week, um, he has a wedding and then he's going to spend some time with his dad. So, but we talked about like, when we said goodbye, um, we talked about going out again uh, when he gets back. You and these, I, I, some, summer can be like a hard time to start dating, I think, because there's a lot of that type of travel. It it, agreed. Like the comeback kid, the reason we're going out Tuesday is because he's leaving. He's going, I don't know where he's going, but he's going out of town on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and he also is probably going to be gone even more this summer because he quit his job. Oh. Yeah, he quit his job. He His last day was May 31st. 
damn, is and he with like anything to do next or just no? He's taking the whole summer off. Living life. Wow. Yeah. Good lord. So anyway, but I agree. Like I think summer is like especially because. I know the comeback kid goes to the Hamptons a lot, like on the weekends. Like people leave the city on the weekends. Yeah, they travel. Like it, it, it is a, a little bit of an interesting time. Um, so the one thing that I think will be nice about the disco ball with that is that he is moving here mm. for the first time, and so I don't imagine that he's going to be leaving a whole lot because he's just moved here. Yep, it's like the opposite. The opposite thing. Yeah. He's he's um, um he's he's reverse commuting. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So and speaking of him, he's good. Um we've still been talking a lot. I was saying on the Patreon this morning that we like exchange a lot of photos. Um he sends me a lot of selfies. It's so cute. Yeah. I every time I get a little picture of him, him I I just like light up. He's Aww. so cute. Although he does happy. need to learn to smile in photos. Boys suck at that, man. He looks like he's being held hostage in a lot of his yeah. photos. It, Matt looks – Matt, we I we, we talk about this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I said to Cindy when I got a photo of him um, the other day I, and I was with her, I was like, if we start actually dating, we're going to have to have a conversation about photo smiles because I, I can't yeah. look like I'm holding you hostage in every picture of us. Because the problem is they like they look serious and then you're like smile and it's like, oh, that's a, that's a grimace. That is not the same thing. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so anyway, his his brother just got a puppy, and so he sent me these adorable photos of him cuddling with his brother's new puppy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel like one of these should be your on your Hinge profile. Obviously, I'm not going to say that, but yeah. like this would slay on your Hinge oh profile. God. Damn. Um. So yeah, those those are my updates, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I am very excited to continue our conversations about Apostrophe, which is a new-ish sponsor of the pod. Um, yes. I have I have been using my products religiously, which mine, as we discussed a couple weeks ago, my main goal was my rosacea as well as my fine lines. There's like a tretinoid aspect of um, the one that I got. But I've actually noticed my rosacea, like my redness in my cheeks, diminishing as I've been using it. That's amazing. Yeah, I have been. So I got the. How do you pronounce that? Tretinoin. I think so. Okay, because I've been. I was like really pumped for our apostrophe partnership because I really wanted to try tretinoin. Mm -hmm. Someone's gonna come for me. Um, It may be apostrophe and. Um, and so I've been absolutely loving it. I use it every night. Um, it's not something you're supposed to use in the morning and night. It's just night. And, um, and I'm absolutely loving it. I'm excited to get kind of like, I'm always somebody who expects like results overnight. And so not not the case with this kind of thing. Exactly. And so I want to give myself like a month and then kind of like reevaluate. But I think I like I can notice a difference like under I'm touching under my eyes as if people can see that. Anyway. <laughs> and so I think like that's an area that I'm kind of self-conscious about. So I'm I'm excited to see how that goes. I can get like that horrible kind of like every once in a blue moon, like cystic hormonal mm-hmm. pimple that is so effing painful and i think trentinoin helps a little bit with that as well but yeah. apostrophe does specialize in all types of acne as well and so just because ali and i did like rosacea and fine line focus they are actually really known for their acne treatments for everything from hormonal facial 
chest, back, butt, treats breakouts, everything. Yeah. And they're a prescription skincare company. So a board-certified dermatologist creates a personalized treatment plan that's perfectly tailored to your skin. You submit pictures. You tell them what you want to focus on, filling out a quiz. We all love a quiz. And I'm just super into it so far. And I also have been really excited that my skin has not peeled or felt sensitive at all the way that it has with other like retinols that I've used in the past. That's amazing. Well, if you would like to try um, Apostrophe as well, we have a special deal for our audience, which is to save $15 off of your first visit with an Apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash FMH, and then you use the code FMH. And this code is only available to our listeners. And so to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash FMH, click begin visit, and then you will input our code at the sign up. And that will make your visit only $5. Yeah, it's amazing. So that's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash FMH. And use that code FMH to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And thanks, Apostrophe, for sponsoring the podcast. We are very grateful. I will be re-upping my subscription. Indeed, same. (laughs) Or my prescription, I suppose. Yes. So so I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the recess ginger lime mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. On that note... We are so excited to welcome Jillian Richardson to the pod. She is a friend of mine that I met on Instagram. I actually met her through Sean Galanos. Oh, amazing. I didn't yeah, know that. the love drive for those of you who um, remember when he was on the pod. And Jillian specializes in coaching connection. So sometimes that means dating, but other times that means friendship or work connection. She will explain it much better herself when she comes on. Um, she's incredible. And we are going to talk to her all about friendships. Can't wait. Let's go to Jillian. We are back with Jillian. Hi, Jillian. Welcome to Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. Thank you so much, my fellow tall woman. Yes. Oh, my God, oh tall yeah. Tall Jillian is also super tall. Mm-hmm. How tall? Six feet. Damn. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm only 5'10. Mm. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, well, when uh, when Jillian and I met up for coffee a few months ago, it was we were like, we're both so tall. It was great. Mm-hmm. It's really lovely to be with a tall woman. Yes, agreed. Um, so Jillian, I was just saying before you joined that we met on Instagram and then became real life friends, and it's just like mm-hmm. such a lovely social media story that we both we live so close to each other in Brooklyn. Yeah, and we're neighbors, and like that's very important and rare. Yes, it, oh my God. It helps. So I'm in, I'm in LA 
not New York, but being close to your friends geographically is so fucking essential. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah. Which yeah. possibly we will get into. Um, but so yeah, Jillian, before we get into the meat of our conversation, who the hell are you and what are you doing here? <laughs> Name yourself. <laughs> um, I'm Jillian Richardson. I'm the author of a book called Unlonely Planet, which is about creating community outside of organized religion. Uh, I run a weekly newsletter called The Joy List, which helps New Yorkers make new friends. And I coach people on connection. And so that looks like friendship, that looks like dating, uh, and just people who are maybe in a moment of life transition, looking for someone to support them. I do that as well. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that that word connection, that it's like, because that spans so much of life, not just any one facet of it, as you said. Yes. I'm very much a... Um, if you know Enneagram at all, I'm very much a seven where I like love doing everything. And so I'm like, with the word connection, I can talk about work and God and sex and dating and I can just do anything I want. So it's great. Um, I'm an, I'm, I'm more of an Enneagram gal than Allie. I'm a, I'm a three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very tied between a three and a seven, but I think that I like the seven better. So I say I'm a seven. Nice. I think Ali, I don't know. I don't Ali, know that much about it. You're an eight. I was an eight when I did it. Yeah, but I've only ever taken it that one time. Yeah, um, and I don't know that much about it. It's great. Anyway. It's helpful. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, um, so we are going to start off this episode about friendship with a MythBusters, which is a new-ish segment for us, mm-hmm. and this is the first time we're doing it with a guest. So this week's MythBusters is your partner should be your best friend. I okay. I saw you post this on your story. Okay. Yes. So the first thing we have to do is you and Rourke are both going to guess the split of the audience. What percent do we think thought it was a myth, and what percent thought it was not a myth? I think this is going to be more not a myth than myth, but not by a lot. What is that? What is that exactly? I'm thinking, and I can. I, I mean, we can get into it, but. I think it's going to be 40 myth, 60 not a myth. Okay. 40, 60. Okay. Yeah. So your partner should be your best friend. I'm going to say 70 myth, 30 not myth. So work, you are correct that it is more not a myth than myth. Okay. And not by much, but it is really not by much. What is mm-hmm. it? It is 49% myth and 51% Whoa. not myth. Whoa. Oh, wow. Damn. My first instinct was say 50-50. I would have been much closer. Fuck. Yeah. This is. I think this is one of the most split down the middle yes. ones, like weird or not, or Mythbusters. It's amazing. That That's done. why I like these myth. I think Mythbusters are going to be a lot more nuanced than some of the weird or not. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I agree. So, so what What do you guys think? Yeah. Like, what, what, what's our, what are our actual opinions? So I, I think part of it is like define best friend, right? True. Yeah. And because, for example, I would say – and I, I have a feeling this might change with age too. Like my parents are each other's best friends, but like they don't really know a lot of other people. Yeah. You know? And so like their social window – and I, I know that's not true for all – some people have kind of these 
big social groups that they're a part of for various reasons. But my parents' kind of social group is really narrowed in part because they've moved from where I grew up. Um, but anyway, I guess I just I just know for myself that I define best friend as a level of emotional feedback and intimacy and interest in bullshit minutia that I don't think a man wants to give me. And I'm okay <laughs> with that. I'm totally okay with that. And like – I want to be able to like pick apart something really random and I don't think a man wants to chew on that with me and that's okay. And so that's why I'm going to have like my best girlfriend for that. That's me. I think that's – no, I think that's very fair. I, I think the the piece of like defining a best friend is so important because a lot of the listeners said – people who said it was a myth, a lot of them said – or both actually because it could go either way. They said like you could have more than one best friend. Like yes, the word – like if we're getting technical, the word best friend, like that phrase kind of technically really could only be one person because that's just the definition of best. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's true. I think Mm -hmm. Mindy Kaling believes that there are tiers of best friends, like top tier, second tier, third tier best friends. Yes. Like I have best friends. Exactly. Um, And so, yeah. And I don't, I wouldn't put my partner in the same category as my female best friend. Totally. At all. Jillian, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Jillian? Go off. So I was thinking about it from like a male perspective. Cause I hear this more of like men having fewer friends and then mm. men kind of being more conditioned socially to be like, when you find a female partner, if you're, if you have a female partner, that person's going to be like your emotional everything. Cause you don't have emotional conversations with your male friends. That's a great so I'm like, Yeah. In that case, I'm like, your female partner shouldn't be your best friend. You should already have a other best friend so that this person isn't saddled with, like, being everything to you. Um, which is funny. I, would, I don't know why I thought about it from a man's perspective, but I just did. No, no I, I think that's a great point. I think it's a really mm-hmm. great point. And it actually – it reminds me of Shane and Natalie on, Love, on season two of Love is Blind where they're, like, one weekend and he's like, you're my best friend. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, how? <laughs> how do you not have good friend, friends that are better than this? And it's like, well, yeah, like you said, Jillian, he probably doesn't have this level of deep conversations with his friends. And now yes. that he's having them with someone, yeah, his brain is like, this person's my best friend. That I love talking about Love is Blind because I really do feel like like people, it's easy to make fun of the people and be like, how could you fall in love with someone after a week? That's insane. But like how many people get to spend that much time talking to someone and them listening intently for you to you for that long? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. A lot of people are going to be like, this is now my new best friend because my actual best friend I've talked to like twice in a year. <laughs> like... Yeah, that's very true. Mm. I also think when we think about the listeners and the responses, it should be noted that 96% of my Instagram followers are women. Yes. So like as as we think about who is responding to this, that is the perspective that the vast, vast majority of them have. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but I, I agree, Work. I feel like they're, they're, the level of like dumb shit that I am texting Cindy about that like I would never text my partner, not be, not because like I'm like oh he doesn't want to. I don't want to. Like I don't. 
I don't yeah. want to have like an in-depth discussion of this stupid cat video on TikTok with my partner. I want to have it with Cindy. Yeah. <laughs> and like my dad, for example, is such a black and white thinker. I will share with him a problem with a friend and his reaction is like, oh, it's really unfortunate that you can't be friends with that person anymore. And I'm like, okay, oh. that's – no, that's <laughs> not where we're going. <laughs> like, well. Yeah. Um, and so like I – I can't then educate him every time I want to, like, talk something through about how I actually want to handle it. Anyway. Right. You're like, well, before I tell you this, let me tell you how I have already decided that I would like to handle exactly. it and therefore how you should respond. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Funny. I My mom used to tell me st- – my mom used to tell me, like – she used to, like, make up stories for me, obviously. Like, like you know, parents do whatever, like, bedtime stories and stuff. And my mom would make up stories about Princess Alexandra. That is my full name for those of you who don't know. And Princess Alexandra had all of these different friends that served different needs of hers. Oh my god, that's like so cute. she had friends that she liked to ride horses with, and she had friends that she liked to play sports with, and friends that she wanted to like go to the beach with, and like different friends that like she liked to do different things with, and different friends that helped her with different things. Like she called this friend when she needed help with this kind of thing. Oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah, and looking back on it, I'm like, oh, like she was teaching me how to know that one person doesn't need to be your everything. Mm-hmm. Like she taught me that through the stories about Princess Alexandra. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah, so I think about that a lot when I think about my different friends and the tears that you mentioned where like I have a lot of friends that I would consider – Cindy is, is like certainly my best friend, but mm-hmm. like just in like volume – like just, you know, we spend the most time together and like – I talk to her the most um, because, and I obviously do that with purpose. It's not just like, oh, well, I talk to her a lot, so I guess we're best friends. Um, she listens. Hi, Cindy. I love you. Um, but – Accidental best friend, Cindy. It's, it's all Accidental it. best friend. <laughs> just tumbled on into this best friendship. Yeah. But I think that there are those tears of like people that like they mean something specific to me because of the time that we met. And, you know, that doesn't mean that their friendships are more or less valuable. And I think that's true, too, when, for a friendship that you have with a partner. Yeah. So I guess then where are we coming down on this? Are we busted or confirmed? Oh, I think I'm busted. I almost think I'm busted for women, confirmed for men. <laughs> but no, I, I want men to have a – I want them to have that emotional connection with somebody else so that they Oh, for don't. sure. Allie, there are many things I want. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make it real. But the should, the yeah. should part is the part that I'm like, no, like your partner should not be your emotional everything. Got she it. doesn't have time to deal with that. Yeah. Definitely. I think I'm busted. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I like the Mythbusters. I'm excited to do Me more too. They're fun. Um, so speaking of friendships, let's, let's get into our listener questions. The listeners are very engaged on this topic. I, the envy I felt and the just admiration receiving all of the questions that you guys got, I was like, whoa. It's like overwhelming. We have like too much, way too much to cover. There are way too, obviously way too many. We may have to do friendships part two, but there are way too many, but there's so many good ones. And like that you can see patterns in them, I think, is a big gift in getting that many. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I have an idea for a place I'd like to start, if that's that's okay. Um, People ask – a lot of people ask about 
balancing time with friends and dating. And mm-hmm. I and I see this not necessarily we'll get into like when you're in relationships. But I've gotten this question a lot and I've thought about it a lot in terms of like balancing your time with your friends with like going on dates mm-hmm. and knowing that you want to meet new people. You mm-hmm. want if if you are trying to find a partner, right? You like want to go on dates to meet those people, but you how do you balance that with also carving out time for the people that are already in your life. Mm-hmm. This is something I feel like when people come to me for coaching, they're very gung ho about both of these parts of like, I'm going to meet new people. I'm going to go on dates. I'm going to spend time with my friends. And then they forget about themselves and needing time alone. <laughs> Where they're like, so true. Like they're like, okay, so four days a week, I'm going to spend with my friends and two days a week, I'm going to go on dates. And then one day a week, I'm going to go to an event. It's like, no, that's not possible. Um, (laughs) And so I feel like to, to have people write down kind of like what their ideal week would look like or their ideal month, depending on how different your schedule is from week to week. And like be realistic with yourself of how many nights a week do I want to be with my friends? Do I want to go on dates? And then other things. And to also think like when I make these things a priority, other things are going to have to maybe go on the back burner for a period of time. And that could be like networking events or if you have kids, like going to your kids events or whatever the thing is. Um, and just to be flexible with it. I think people can get very rigid of like, I said, I was going to do this thing every week for a month. You can change the plan a weekend. If you realize you've like super overestimated your social capacity. I think the, the flexibility thing is so huge. Like Rourke and I have talked about how different things change in priority at different times Mm -hmm. and that that's okay. And like you could have a couple weeks where you're like, oh my gosh, I have so many first dates and I just don't have any social energy to go on, you know, to go to big events with my friends. Mm -hmm. And that might be okay for a couple weeks. And you're like, you know, I'm going to shift gears after that. I'm so impressed with anyone who has that many first dates in a week. I'm like, wow, however you did it, kudos. (laughs) Rourke, what do you think? Um, I mean, this is obviously something that I'm struggling with currently in that so I in September which is longer ago than I thought it was I started (laughs) a new like very demanding job and so my time is like really hard to balance right now between especially because it's really unpredictable like I'll go into a day thinking it's gonna be a quiet day and then like we get a decision from a judge that oh all of a sudden like okay great now we're like working until midnight and I'm canceling whatever came my way or whatever I had planned and I'm dealing with what came my way. And so it's definitely been an – I've had several like tearful conversations with friends about mm-hmm. how to kind of like navigate this new situation between me and them in that I now am a person that like I like to be like really present when I'm with people and I now on weekdays 100% have to have my work phone out on the table during dinner. And mm-hmm. like there's just no – like my job does not permit otherwise. Um, yeah. I will say a friend recommended getting like an Apple Watch to connect to my work phone so that like it's not – but like I'm not sure what's ruder. Like <laughs> looking at <laughs> – 
that. I, I, I don't know. But anyway, um, so yeah, like th- this is hard. And like I'm – my energy level for dating is lower and like mm-hmm. being with my friends where that feels restorative is high after a long mm-hmm. week. And so I can actually find myself probably like tilting towards friendship and avoiding like first dates mm-hmm. because that is not the same type of kind of like energy recharge anyway. I feel like a point you just made there that's so good is that like time with your friends should feel restorative. Mm. And you're like, yeah, of course I want to spend more time with my friends because that's restorative time. And yet there's a lot of people that who do not feel that way about their friendships and kind of just keep going on autopilot and don't check in to be like, how do I feel after spending time with this person? Do I feel worse or better? <laughs> like, and of course, we all have days where we're like not feeling good, whatever. But like, if there's a pattern, like that shows how your friendships you've designed to be that way. Um, I'm curious what those conversations sounded like. Like, what were you talking about? So one of them was I had um, I had a really bad March where I worked every single weekend day, and there was a night where I was supposed to just go over to a friend's house. Like six of us were coming over to like cook dinner and watch a movie. And I texted like, I don't think it's going to happen. And this one friend responded, I think you should take a break from work. From Like, like take a break for the night from work. And I was like, and I was like, I want, I think I should too. I, I literally can't. Like, th- I, this is not a choice. I'm not trying to seem important or busy or, like, cool. Like, I, I, this isn't a flex. Right. I'm, yeah. This is actually terrible. terrible. Yeah. And, um, and I said, like, the alternative is, like, I bring my phone and my laptop and potentially have to, like, work in another room if something comes up or, like yeah. – dip out or whatever and their response was like well we're going to be like focused on the movie and i think that'll be like distracting for everyone and so i was like okay they want you to do i'm not coming then i'm not coming and so like like i said it was a very like we ended up getting on the phone and it it was tearful on my end where i was like i i feel like you i i said to them i feel like you are acting like if i just wanted it to be different enough it would be different and that's not the case it, it just, is the it is the if he wanted to he would, true <laughs> situation. Rourke, if you wanted to you would. Yeah, but which we know we don't we don't stand that phrase around here for yeah. that reason because like there are so many reasons why people don't do things, and it's not just because they don't want to. And I, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little on edge right now. Where I asked the one friend who's kind of been the one to bring it up with me the most, I have kind of followed up with her in situations where like I did have to like say goodbye early or like something something like that or whatever yeah and I actually stayed with her one night and I like absolutely had to we like what we ate dinner together with no phone we watched an episode of something and then I was like I kind of have to work like can I get my laptop out and she was like I'm sorry that I've created this environment where like I'm the hall monitor of the laptop and like I didn't I didn't really mean to do that I just like it's really important to me to have quality time with you. And like, it's hard that you're pulled in a different direction sometimes. And I was like, no, I, I, I hear that. And so like, we're trying to navigate it. It's, it's challenging. Cause also like a point that I kind of made to her too, was like, 
we all contend with our friends' shortcomings. Like shortcomings is even the wrong word. Like we all contend with like our friends' capacity. Mm-hmm. And for example, like this one friend, her capacity is that like, and I, I've said this directly to her, like she doesn't, she's not a morning person. She does not get up. Whereas like other friends of mine to spend quality time with me, we walk at 630 in the morning. And I'm not going to ask that of her because I know that's not her thing. And so like, we all have what we're capable of and we're kind of playing within the bounds of that. And like, this is kind of what my life is looking like right now and kind of what I'm capable of. Where can we find a balance where like, we're both getting what we need out of this friendship? Because I told her, I was like, red without, with no nuance, like before I'm speaking to you, I'm afraid we're not going to see each other. Cause like, I don't understand where the middle ground is and what you've just presented from what you want from me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was like a really long story. I think it's such a great example and like so important to hear friends navigating conflict like this. Cause like even me talking to people about this all the time, I'm like, Oh, this sounds like you're in a romantic partnership. Totally. Like, that's where my brain goes. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is a friendship. Like it's different. Um, but like, I want to give your friend kudos for, um, sharing her her desires and needs because I feel like it's so conditioned to like only have those conversations in the context of romance and not in the context of friendship even if it's not like what you want necessarily but that she's like I would love to have a night of quality time with you yeah so sweet yeah yeah 100 percent yeah, yeah, that kind of ties into another sort of line of questioning we got where people are asking about asymmetry in friendships. Mm-hmm. And like one person in particular asked about she's like the only single one in her group of friends, which we'll I think get into probably later in this episode. But because of that, she feels like there's an asymmetry where she's expected to be more flexible and to like be the one that is always accommodating her friends because she mm. doesn't have a partner and kids to contend with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's true – could be true in friendships for other reasons too. Like one person has a more demanding job than the other or like I feel this at work too where people that have kids, I often feel like I need to be more flexible because there are people that have to sign off because their nanny has to leave, which is a fully valid thing. Yeah. But like so is me needing to sign off because I have a volleyball game. Yeah. Like, you know, I understand I'm not keeping a human alive but like – you know, it's it's tough to feel like you're always the one that's needing to bend to somebody else. Man, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I posted a poll on Instagram one time that was like, if you reach out more than the other person, um, I'm not going to say this exactly right. But like, if you reach out more than the other person, do you assume that you care more than them? Um Oh, interesting. I think it was, if they never message you first, do you assume that you care more? Yeah. And what do people say? I think it was kind of like, it was like 75, 25, which I was like, look, there's a whole chunk of people who this doesn't even cross their mind. And so I feel like I was talking to my therapist about this and she was saying how it feels like this part of us that like really wants everything to be fair and balanced. It's almost like a young part. Cause it's like, yeah, 
you're the single friend with no kids. They're married with kids. You literally probably have more time than them. Like, yeah. Like, it's kind of reasonable to be like, oh, yeah, like maybe you go to their house more often because they have kids at their house. Like, right. That's just a logistical thing. Um, and of course, if it's like 100% all the time, you're always having to do everything that's different. But like, I think the, the conversation about balance isn't super addressing that like people have different amounts of free time and energy. Like I, in my friend groups, I'm pretty much always the person who has the most free time and energy. And I'm just like, yeah, that's me. I'm like the single person who lives alone and is really excited to go out and hang out. Like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's super valid. I think that it's interesting what, what, pinged in my brain when you brought up the idea of like the young mind is like it is where it's like we were supposed to take turns like we were supposed to Mm -hmm. share we were supposed to like it's all that and I do think and because I do think kind of like a hard dose of reality that I've had to have with this with this job is that and with being I'm trying to think among my girlfriends in Los Angeles I am I think the only single one but the only I think it's only me and Matt um that are single. But anyway, my solution has been to, and Allie, we talked about this in the podcast, the solution was to supplement my friends. And it hasn't been to try to like force people to come to me or like meet me on my ground in every way. It's been like, oh, let's, you know, like I've made some good friends at my law firm that like fully get the moment that we're all in and can respect those boundaries with each other with like, like without a questioning thought. And so like, it's nice to dabble in that and then still have those like other really great old friendships that I'm super grounded in and know me so well. And so like, maybe the answer isn't here's how to navigate getting them to come to you. Like here's how to make single friends. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot hear about like meeting people where they're at where like you absolutely have conversations if you feel like you're you know carrying an unfair burden in the friendship of like you know I feel like I have to do every single thing but if you've had that conversation and the other person is like listen like this is what I'm capable of and available for right now you either like meet them there or not Mm -hmm. and like they don't have to be everything to you like we were saying earlier you know like you could have that friend where you know that this this is their limitation, this is their availability, and then try to supplement that. Yeah. yeah. I love this of just – I feel like sometimes even – because I feel like the culturally we're – especially in our dating communication land is like have the conversation. Speak your truth. Have the conversation. But it's like I have – some friends in my life where it's very much like me going to them for different reasons of like they're busier than me or they're like very, very anxious or they're depressed or whatever. And I'm like, I, I don't feel a need to have a conversation about it. Like, I just know that that's what this is. And that's the dynamic. That's the dynamic. And like, it doesn't even feel fair to be like, you should come to my house more, even though I know it'd freak you out. <laughs> like, <laughs> Be like, yeah, this is what we do. And like, I, that's okay. That's who you are. Um, 
So that's an invitation to be like, do I even need to have this conversation at all? Yeah, that's fair too. So if you are feeling like you want to supplement your friend group and you're like, you know what, I need, you know, I, I understand that my friends have these limitations. I'd like to make new friends that maybe don't have those limitations. Mm-hmm. What do you suggest? How do people mm-hmm. make friends as an adult? So my number one tip is always to kind of journal on like, what kind of person do I want to grow into? Like, do I want to be a more mindful person? Do I want to be someone who's outdoorsy? Do I want to be someone who's a great cook? Like, just think about like future dream you. What are you like? Uh, (laughs) And then think about what kinds of people and what kinds of activities would help you get towards that thing. So like, do you take cooking classes? Do you join a rec league? Do you join a meditation studio? Like whatever these things are, because, you know, the people we surround ourselves with influence how we show up in the world more than pretty much anything else. And so you might as well just be like, you know, I could go to a bar. I could go to a house party. And those are great. But like, be like, you know, if I want to be more intentional with this, let me try these other things. And at the very least... You'll get some new skills for you, and then you'll probably meet other cool people. Yeah, I totally, I yeah. totally agree with that. It's it's hard. It's 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 challenging. It's like dating. Yeah, hundred percent. It it really is. I I was telling I was talking to somebody recently, a client about how to make friends with like a rec league, mm-hmm. and. I think the key is that so you do the thing right. So let's say it's a cooking class or a rec league or a meditation class, et cetera. The key is that you you then need to transition a conversation outside of that activity. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really difficult to make a friend if you only talk to them in the confines of the cooking class every other week. Yeah. Like that's that friendship is going to take a very long time to develop. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to put yourself out there at some point of like, hey, do you want to get a coffee after this? Or like, I'm going, I'm going to get a coffee. Do you mm-hmm. want one? Do you want to come? Mm-hmm. Or a drink or a going to sit in the park or like whatever you're going to do yeah. after the thing so that you are now extending the amount of time that you're spending with the person and you're mm-hmm. doing it in like a, a smaller group setting or one-on-one. And that's so good for like any activity to even offer to the group. Be like, hey guys, I was going to go to this bar to get dinner afterwards. Like anyone who wants to come, come with me. And it's yeah. like, That feels very vulnerable to say, especially to people who have the mental story of like, people don't want to sit with me at the lunch table. Like, I'm not a cool kid. Um, But people go to these kind of events because they want to connect with other people. Like, that's really the deepest reason why everyone is there. And even if you end up going to a bar alone one time and like nobody joins you for whatever reason, like it's, it's a muscle to get comfortable mm-hmm. saying those kinds of things. And like, you got a, a social awkwardness rep in. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like the strategy of framing it as if you're already doing a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to go get dinner here, or I was g- already going to go get this coffee, or I was already going to go sit in the park. And mm-hmm. does anybody want to just come on this plan mm-hmm. that I already have, whether mm-hmm. or not you want to come or not? Totally. And it's like, like once uh, I've been hosting women's circles in my apartment And for me as a facilitator, I'm like, when the circle is done, we're not hanging out anymore. Like people got to get out. Like I'm I'm done. I'm done. But I'm like, everyone after this, go to Prospect Park 
hang out. Like you're all here because you want to be friends with each other. You want to meet other women. And I got a message from one of them. And she's like, we all went like literally every single person who showed up to the circle at my house because I gave them the invitation, went to Prospect Park after everyone. And then the next week they all got brunch together. That's so cute. That's, That's awesome. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget when I started Alley, where we used to work. Um, you start as like kind of a cohort, Jillian, at this place, mm-hmm. like a training and, class, kind of yeah, at a college. And um, I didn't know anyone, but a girl that I like after we kind of disbanded on our first day, where we like took our ID pictures and you know whatever else, she and I like got on the same subway line, and so we we're like, oh, we must kind of be living near each other and she goes to exactly what we've been saying she goes oh like i'm gonna need a manicure before like our first real day would you like want to get one together and i remember being so grateful that she asked me because like i totally needed to make friends and it was so nice and she was one of my closest friends my entire time living in new york so sweet like what are you doing invite someone anyways yeah yeah, or plan something. Even if you're like, we're just going to go home. Be like, instead, I'm going to go get a manicure or I'm going to go mm-hmm. get coffee. And like, do that thing regardless of whether anybody joins you. To your point, Jillian, like, yeah. what's the worst thing that happens? You have a dinner by yourself? Yeah. That's a skill too. Grow that skill if that's weird. Really yeah. though. So mm-hmm. many people have asked me. It's like, I, I laugh, but I understand that it's t- tough. But so many people ask me like, how do you go eat dinner by yourself? And I, I, I have to – I love dinner by myself. I have to stop myself every time. I have to stop myself from asking like, well, first you pick a place and then you go to the place and then you eat the food at the place. And one thing I will say, because I I hear from, it's like the, the being there and not knowing how to like, like people are looking at me or whatever. Like if that's get takeout and like bring it somewhere else, like eat it in a park. Like, especially if you live in a city, Everyone's doing everything alone all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And no one cares about you that much, to be fair. Nobody cares. Yeah. No one cares. Bring a book. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. Don't just stare into space. Bring a book and you'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. Not to – oh, you know what? I'm going to – I'll save it for like the – I don't know if we want to end – I have like sort of like a sadder question. And so I'm trying oh. to decide if we like end on it or like stick it in here and then like move away. Stick um, it in here and then we can then we can move on. Great. I want to talk about like friend breakups. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I – because I have a hypothesis that I would like to get your feedback on. I developed it because I had a friend breakup mm-hmm. and I talked a lot to my therapist about it. And – we kind of developed like together kind of developed this theory and discussion around why it's actually like why and i don't know if this is universal or personal or <laughs> somewhere in between that i find it so much harder to do a friend breakup than a relationship yes. with a man breakup yes i agree and i think it's because when you're dating somebody in a monogamous situation, there is only room for one. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why you communicate, you seek conflict resolution because you're like, we got to make this one thing work, dude. Whereas with friends, you're like, well, I've got a lot of you. I can kind of lean out from this one and lean into this one and like mm-hmm. bend myself into a different way. And it's like, because there are more of them, because you're not like emptying a slot to fill it, I think it can be really hard to like – execute that Mm -hmm. yeah because it's like you're basically just saying like i actually want nothing to do with you as a human 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I have no interest in you. Like, <laughs> it, that's not, that's like not what you're saying. But like, you're right. Like, it's not because it's not a one for one if you, if you are seeking a monogamous relationship. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I also fully agree. It's, again, like there's this deep cultural conditioning of, um, you have one romantic partner, you have many friends. And so if someone doesn't want to be my friend, this thing that you could arguably be with anyone, what does that say about me? Like I'm the loser kid who can't find somewhere to sit at lunch. It's Mm -hmm. like this deep shame feeling that comes with it. Um, but something I try to remind people of is that like one, no, you can't actually be anyone's friend. Like there's yeah. friendship chemistry, yeah. like there's romantic chemistry, like there, there's true. like all a lot of stuff that goes into dating. Like there's like almost a flirtatious energy with friendships, like you're bantering, like there's there's a chemistry with friendship as well. And if that connection isn't serving either of you for some reason, you have to move on from it. Um, but I will say some of the most painful conversations I have ever had as an adult have been ending friendships because it's like, same. I almost like, I feel like female friends know me in a different way than men who I'm dating. And like, we go deeper, we share our insecurities. And so for it to not work is like, it really is a very painful experience. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend break up in my 20s where she she like broke up with me, but then also during the course of that breakup, like threw a bunch of stuff in my face that I had shared with her related to like my insecurities and things that I like wasn't proud of about myself. Mm. So fucked up. And it took a while for me to recover from that, to like trust that a friend wasn't going to do that. Mm -hmm. And that this person that I'm sharing like like I would t- – she was one of my very closest friends. Like I shared with her some like, you know, shitty things that I did that I'm not proud of mm-hmm. or like, uh, you know, a, a deep insecurity that I have. And it took me a while to get over that betrayal of trust where like if I share this thing that I did or that happened to me or whatever with you that you're not going to throw it in my face when you decide you don't want to be my friend anymore and tell other people about it. Mm-hmm. And like, I imagine how few spaces you have to, or we all have to talk about the pain of that. Cause it's like a friend breakup is barely even a thing people use that phrase, let alone talk about. Yeah. yeah. And she actually uh, like came back like two or three years later and apologized for it and was like sobbing to me about it. Yeah. And wanted to be friends again. And I was like, cause also she basically like, she basically forced a breakup with me and our entire friend group because they were closer to her than me and they picked her. And I was just like, I mean, we can be friendly. Like I don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to give you my time and energy to like deepen our relationship, but we can be in the same space. Right. Like if I see you, like I went to a wedding that she was at fine, like all of that Mm -hmm. stuff, like fully Mm -hmm. fine. We can be acquaintances, but we're not going to be friends. Yeah, that that's something I've had to name with people before. And I've been on both ends of of the like, I don't like actively dislike you, but I don't. And like, this is something I feel like people could really benefit from doing more of just naming it being like, I'm not going to take the time and energy to deepen this relationship anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that's a big reason why 
friend breakups sometimes are necessary because to me, an actual friendship involves a lot of time and effort Mm -hmm. and like emotional bandwidth versus somebody that I'm just an acquaintance where we like catch up occasionally or I'll see them at a party or I'll see them at an event or whatever it is. Very different to me than an actual friend. Oh, for sure. And And I – Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say that I've also struggled with this in making new friends or not mm-hmm. wanting to make a new friend mm-hmm. where like I'll, – I'll use you as an example actually, Jillian. Great. So we – She didn't so want to be your friend, Jillian. I didn't want to be your friend and you made Wait, me go to tea. No. Yeah. Um, and now you're on the podcast and I don't even know how you got here. Um, <laughs> oh, so- wait. Is this the friend meet where you like didn't pay? Yes. yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> I get uh, – oh, wow. Okay. Put it all together. Yes. Yeah, for the um, I don't I don't think I said this on the pod. I think I just texted you about it, Rourke. But yeah, Jillian, no, I think you told it on the pod. Did I? Yeah, Jillian I and I went to tea, and then accidentally left without paying. And then the people who own the place were like, "Oh, this happens all the time. We always forget to ask people to pay. They need a different like, business model." Weird. Yeah. And they were, they were like a brand new establishment. We we're like, you you you're trying to survive here. Like you, you yeah, you need to get people to pay you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Um, yes. So yes, good memory. That is the time. So anyway, so I had posted obviously that we were like meeting up and whatever. And I also had recently met up with Erica Sparrow, who's also been a guest on the pod, who I also met on Instagram. And coming out of that, I got a lot of requests to meet up with people. Oh, shit. Interesting. Yeah. Like people that wanted to like get coffee and be friends. And I, I love that in the sense that I like feel very warmly about the like sense of community and of closeness that Mm -hmm. the people on Instagram have, Mm -hmm. right? Like that I've like built that community. Like that's so lovely Mm -hmm. to me that, that that's the case at the same time. I cannot be meeting up one-on-one with all, with all these people. Yes. Yes. And so navigating that Mm -hmm. has been a little tricky the, I fully understand this situation. It's something like as someone who every week since 2016 has essentially said to the public, here's where I will be this week. <laughs> here's where you can find me. Um, uh, a line that I really like to use that feels true and kind is like, Honestly, I'm already struggling to keep up with the friendships I have. Like, I don't, I can't give you the energy you deserve to like really develop a real friendship. That's a great script. And it's, I would imagine just knowing you, very true. Yeah. It's like not bullshit whatsoever. And like, maybe it's a little bit bullshit. Like how, like if it was like in a dating context or you're like, oh, I don't have the, we don't have the connection I'm looking for. It's like, yeah, it's, it's true. Um, like maybe if you met an incredible person that it would be different, but like, I've, I've also said this with guys who we've had dates and it didn't go, like I said that I didn't feel the connection and then they were like, well, you're amazing. We should be friends. And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) I'm not trying to go on a, be male, have male, this is a whole different podcast episode, but male, female, male, heterosexual friendships. I could go on for days. Oh yeah, I okay. Wait, we should talk about that a little bit, but, um, but no, yeah. That uh, the, whenever a date wants to transition to that, I'm like, I am not in the market for that. Yeah, no, no. It's like, thank um, you, I am great. <laughs> thank, thank you, I know. <laughs> You're like, I get it. 
I will say, I think something that, like, something that I, an experience that I've had that I think about a fair amount and kind of wish I could replicate more, something that I've observed actually about a guy friend of mine is that I think on average, men are better at like cabining friendships. Because for example, this friend Matt of mine, who's like been on the people know who I'm talking about. He has like a tennis friend. He has a work friend. He has a this friend, whatever. And like, that's their relationship. They see each other. He's Princess Alexandra. Yeah. He sees, he like (laughs) sees this guy, Jake from six to 7 a.m. on Tuesday and Thursdays and they fucking play around at tennis and then we never hear from about Jake again. But anyway, and I do think even though like all three of us can very and probably a lot of our female listeners Allie can speak very clearly and clear-headedly about how they don't expect a romantic partner to be everything. I totally expect female friends to be everything to my own mm-hmm. detriment. Where it's like I want to be able to talk about work, dating, the other friends in our friend group watch all the same shows, like, you know, and like, it's totally unrealistic. And a friend, like, I do think we can get into that kind of all or nothing thinking with friends. Yeah. And a friend of mine that she'll, she'll totally hear this. She's a very wonderful, dedicated pod pod listener. My friend Val and I were best friends in college, like inseparable. And then we went through like a period where like our friendship was not working. Like we were hitting a lot of friction and she'll, I'll have her, she'll probably hear this and text me to clear up exactly the timeline. I can't remember if there was a time. I can't remember if we took a full break or like really pulled back or not. But regardless, we always, um, we had this one podcast that we listened to together like all the time because I would listen to it to fall asleep and then she got like addicted to it as well and we lived together one summer in New York and our re-entry was like we just texted about that podcast and like that was our little cabin where we were like okay like we're gonna ramp back up this is where we're friends this is where yeah (laughs) and like for a while that's just like oh did you hear them talk about this that was so funny like oh did you like that's sort of like how we related for a while. And then like other things sort of started coming back and like she actually, so she lives in Dallas and that's where my parents live now. Um, And so like I see her multiple times when I go there and like the friendship we have now looks entirely like she has a child, she's married, like we live in different States. Like the friendship doesn't at all look the same, but like I feel we both like, we feel so safe sharing emotional things now with each other. And like, we just got, we got back to that. It's entirely different, but like, we're at a really like deep place still now. And it definitely took that sort of like small universe (laughs) moment. Yeah. Did you have a conversation that you were going to do that? Take a like break. You were going to take that, yeah, take a break or like take that step back. That's the piece that, that I would like. like? I, that's the piece that I want to know from her. I know that we had a conversation. We were like, we're off. Like we're not, we're not on the same track right now. Like yeah, like we're just out of sync as friends. And I can't. And I, I just can't remember that conversation. I love that you had that conversation at all. I mean, we had like we had we sort of had to. I feel like it would have been weird if we just like ghosted each other. <laughs> I mean, it's like all the time. It, all the time. Very mature of you. 
I always use that as an example where I'm like, oh, like I, I did this one thing well. And it's like, I can't yeah, do like the other well. times, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> Completely unreplicable, apparently. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Yeah. Well, I think that that's just, it takes two very, like, it was very special circumstances, I think, that both of you were able to not only have that conversation, but then like successfully execute that break to then successfully come back to where you're at now. Yeah. Yeah. That feels very rare. It's awesome. Yeah. So that was like a soft friend breakup and then we got back together. (laughs) Then you relaunched the friendship in a different iteration. Yeah. Yes. That's so cool. A question that we got a lot and that I have I see friends struggle with all the time is how do you ask a girlfriend to not bring her significant other to every hang? Oh, okay. This is so that was a really interesting question because that is not a thing I deal with in wow. my current female friends. Like I feel like I have women in my life who are very much like me and my boyfriend were separate. Like I don't yeah, want to be the person whose boyfriend is with me all the time. So I haven't had to have that conversation, but I mean, what, how I imagine I would phrase it would just be like, Hey, you know, like I am really craving some quality time just with you. Like we used to have, how do you feel about just having it be the two of us next time? Like, yeah. Or like, I love so-and-so like he's great. So I mean, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And, but like, I, I would love someone at one time. I mean, kind of like your friend was saying to you, Rourke, about with your work, like it's your work, not your partner. But like yeah. saying, like I I want some one on one time in that quality time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, sweet. I it is sweet. I th- I think yeah, and I think you can come at it from a very sweet angle of like I love our friendship and I want to make sure that we're continuing to feed it. Totally. Yeah. And I'm like, how honest can you truly be when someone's boyfriend is with you? Like, if right. you're not actually not friends with that dude, you're like, I can't tell you anything now. So true. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want him hearing all of my like intimate dating stories or whatever I'm about to tell you. He doesn't need to know this, even if you go home oh. and tell him. Oh my god, so funny. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I also haven't really had to have that conversation, even though I have a lot of friends that are in relationships. And but it's funny how I do think that so many people are struggling with this, not only because of the questions we got, but also because, for example, when I did, I took a birthday trip to Colombia, and I had seven friends with me. And wow. yeah, there were eight of us on this trip to Columbia, um, staying in an Airbnb, eight women. And it was a, amazing, just the most magical trip. And I got a lot of DMs and comments on the videos and stories, whatever, messages, et cetera, saying like, wow, like I wish I had this many single girlfriends. And, mm-hmm. and they're not all single. A majority of them are not actually. Yeah. And I think it just really exemplified how people are experiencing friendships when their friends are not single, where they, in their mind, couldn't imagine their non-single friends going on a trip like that. That's a bummer. In reality, I'm like, of the eight people, three, three and a half are single? Three and a half. And like one in a relationship, one engaged, one was a mom, is a mom. Yeah. Like has a child. Like it doesn't, you know, like there's not, it it doesn't have to be that way. And like, obviously, like we were saying earlier in terms of time and commitment, my friend Audrey, who is a mom, has a lot of commitments that we don't have. 
Mm-hmm. She can't just, you know, she wasn't just able to jet off to Columbia on a moment's notice, but she like made it a priority, made plans to do it and came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not always possible. Um, but I, th- that was just interesting to like, me. That, I, like, as an example, I'm single and couldn't make it work. Yes. Very good example. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that was just interesting to me that so many people had that frame of reference that those people must have been single or they wouldn't have gone on that trip. Did you get a lot of comments of people? Because I see this and it breaks my heart. If I ever see an Instagram reel or a TikTok where there's like a bunch of friends, I'm like, I guarantee number one comment is, who has this many friends? Yeah. That's always the top comment every fucking time. Did you get people being like, oh, how do you have this many friends? Yeah. They're especially like friends that will travel internationally with me for my birthday. Honestly, I'm impressed by that. I mean, vacation yeah well seven eight including me yeah um but like my friend saw it as i mean yeah the the excuse was it was my birthday but like it was also like this amazing trip that we all did together although not everybody that went on the trip is friends they're all they all like each other but they're not all like friends individually Mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean it just i did though and it was just interesting to me that that point of reference yeah if you think that you're alone and not having a lot of friends, look at a TikTok video of someone with their friends and see how everyone in the comments is jealous. That's so wild. What do you I mean, what do you think though of like the one that the ones that send me, I'm sorry, are like the 12 bridesmaids. Yeah. That's that too much. A, that is I agree. That's a lot. I've decided that's too much. It's a lot. I wonder well, I assume that those people were like in a sorority or like some big group thing together. That's just mm-hmm. my guess. Or they have like trouble saying no. I have a friend who has who has mm-hmm. just gotten like completely like blindsided into like three different bridesmaids who'd like basically be like, oh, so I'll be a bridesmaid and she cannot say no to people. Oh, Wait, shit. what? People yeah. people nominated themselves as her bridesmaid? Yes. What? <sighs> yeah. One well and one person was like, well I can't wait to be a bridesmaid and attend the bachelorette. And she was like I wasn't intending for that, but she like was like, right, yeah, totally. Oh and then my god, we have a, we have what another a right wild day. assumption to make. I feel like this is actually this is a question I haven't asked coaching clients this yet, but I've asked this to myself of like, oh, okay, if I was getting married, who would I want at the wedding? Because I have a friend, she's getting married this summer, and the theme for her wedding is like, I think it's like intimacy. And they were like, who do I in my life feel safe around? And who, oh. like, who do I really light up with? And like, they didn't, they obviously didn't say this publicly to people, but like, that's how they chose the people at their wedding of like, who will I be like, oh, I'm so glad that they're here and not like, oh, who am I inviting? Cause maybe I'm afraid they'll be mad at me. Totally. Yeah. I had something to say and forgot. That's a great litmus test, though. I like that. Um, One line that I heard – so I'm, you know, a single person, very close to planning my wedding. But (laughs) I'm fortunate in the sense that I have um, have no extended family. And so, like, I have no sort of, like, difficulty with invites of, oh, no. Second cousins or whatever. Bob is – might get his feelings hurt or whatever. Um, And so I don't really think about that. But I do, I have a friend that thinks about that because of her extended family and somebody – she only, like, invited close family and somebody in, in the network brought up to her, 
that she thought it was insulting that she did not receive an invitation and was upset about it. And, and this woman said to them, we understand and we're sorry that this hurt you. However, we, we really tried to keep this wedding to only family. And we believe that there's a difference between a relative and family. And you are my relative. Yeah. I was like genius. And I'm saving that. Interesting. Um, Yeah. So my dad used to ask me every year on my birthday when we would talk on my birthday, he would ask me, so who would your bridesmaids be today? Oh, that my question God. stresses me out. And it was just like a thought starter, really, conversation of mm-hmm. like how have things shifted for you and your friendships in the last year? And like what does that look like? Okay, last year you were super close to this person. You don't even talk to her this year. That's interesting. Or like – you didn't even know this person last mm-hmm. year. Now you're so close. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know well, why. I don't know where he decided he was going to start asking me that, but he would, he asked me every year of my birthday. That's a really good question. And it's like, that's for, for me as someone who has got a lot of friends and I'm always trying to be like Jillian Coolit, like <laughs> in the smaller group of people, those exercises of like, I'll even have people be like, write down just your top 10 and like put it on a sticky note where you can see it and be like, okay, if I've got free time, if I've got like just something to do, reach out to these people. And like, it can be hard to even make a 10. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are the people that I want to cultivate friendships with and like put time into growing Mm -hmm. friendships with Mm -hmm. for sure. It's hard. Yeah. I feel like that's like a natural place to end. I think so. As expected, so much more we could get into. This was amazing, Jillian. Thank you so much again. Of course. I'm going to write down. I'm like, oh, what questions could we talk about? And then I'm just going to like make Instagram content on it. (laughs) Do it. Do it. Clearly there is a a desire for the answers to these questions. Yeah. Like lots of emotions that are, don't have a lot of spaces to be talked about with friendship. So true. Um, So Jillian, can you remind everyone where they can find you? Yes, I am that Jillian. I'm Jillian with a J on everything. So Instagram, thatjillian.com, that Jillian on Twitter, all of the places. Love it. Amazing. Well, thank you again. This was incredible. Have a great yeah. night. Thank you for yeah. having me. Bye, y'all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.